Hello, I'm Steve, the retired criminal investigator with the Air Force Office of Special Investigations, the Federal Law Enforcement Agency of the United States Air Force. I'm Hannah, the amateur true crime enthusiast. I've been fascinated with my dad's job, and I love starting conversations with him to learn more. Join us each week as we share these conversations with you and discuss a real criminal case that piques our interest. Hello! Welcome back, archivists. Welcome back. How are you? How is everyone? That's more directed at everyone else, not uh, really you. Uh, I know. Just so you know. But the last time, everybody got a kick out of it because you had been here like a week and I said, you said, why are you laughing when I ask you that? I said, because you know how I am. You've been here a week. Yeah, maybe I'll stay a little longer. No, you're going <laughs> home tomorrow. Jeez, so much love. I promised you guys we would be back to talking about some genetic genealogy cases this week because we've taken a bit of a break from Yay. it. We are talking about the recently solved murder of Maurice Ann Chivarella. Did I, did I say that yep, okay? Yep, you did. Okay. <laughs> that was a hard one we had to just research real quick before starting to make sure I pronounced it correctly. So this is actually the fourth oldest genetic genealogy case solved in our country. And it is the oldest genetic genealogy case solved in the state of Pennsylvania. So for once, we're not in Colorado. <laughs> we are in Pennsylvania. There was over 230 department personnel that had a hand in this investigation between 1964 when uh, the murder took place and present day of 2022. So just fun fact. Okay. So it was solved just recently then? Yes. Uh, February of 2022. So what, two months ago now? I'll get there. Mm -hmm. Maurice was nine years old in 1964, attending St. Joseph's Parochial School in Hazleton, Pennsylvania. She was born to parents Carmen Chivarella and Mary Swatch on November 25th, 1954 in Hazleton. One source quotes her sister as saying Maurice was shy, learning to play the organ at the time, and she had dreams of becoming a nun. What a big aspiration for a nine-year-old yeah. at the time. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's awesome. Well, parochial school, that's Catholic school probably is what they're probably talking about up in PA. Oh, I was going to say, I, I know you know more about that. I have no idea yeah, what yeah. that is. No, probably. All that probably. Is. It could, I'm just making a guess, but probably. Her father would go on to die in 2006, and then her mother passed away in 2014. So, unfortunately, neither of them would see the outcome of ah, geez, that's so sad. the resolution. Yeah, it is. That's just so sad. Very, very sad. Thank God we got people on cold case teams looking out for the victims. Yeah. So, March 18th, 1964, Maurice was actually on her way to school, specifically carrying some canned goods to give to her teacher. Kind of sounded like it was like a canned canned food, good canned goods or food drive. I don't know why that was difficult. Yeah, okay. Um, but apparently it wasn't like an actual school day because she was expected to come home for lunch unless they just were allowed to go home for lunch. Because mm -hmm. that's what I read is that she didn't come home for lunch and that's what arose suspicions with her family. And that was like not like her. It's unclear if like it just wasn't a school day or, uh -huh. if, you know. So when she didn't return home from lunch, Maurice's family reported her missing. Later that afternoon, after around 1 p.m., a man was out teaching his 16-year-old nephew how to drive. Mm -hmm. Good uncle. They <laughs> ended up coming across what they thought was a large doll in a coal mining pit, but it ended up being the body of Maurice, Maurice Chivarella, just two miles from where witnesses had last seen her, which had been around 8, 10 a.m. that morning. Mm -hmm. 
So from 8 a.m. to 1, that was like the last last time. Now, so what was 8 a.m. to 1? 8 a.m. is when she had been seen last. Oh, seen. And then okay, 1, one is when her body was found. Okay. A uh, little bit after 1. What time was this? Did this guy, what time did they find this? A little bit after 1 that they found her. Yeah. It was a little bit after 1. Oh, right away they found her. Yeah. They reported her missing. Neighborhood started searching. But then this uh, this oh, man right and his nephew just happened Not to like be out. Not like the next day. Okay. You know, it was right away. Okay. Which is, I mean, pretty good. Yeah, that that's subject. Suspect could be close. Mm-hmm. Uh, when police arrived, they noticed that she had been sexually assaulted and strangled. And now this is the evidence that this is what they observed also. Uh, her wrists and ankles had been tied with shoe- with her own shoelaces. Her scarf was shoved into her mouth, and they were able to find semen on her jacket. That is the DNA that they have. That's the evidence that they have. Everything she had was still with her. Wow. Hands tied with her own shoelaces. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, somebody really just overpowered their, her. There was, how old? She was nine. Nine. Or there was two people, or they knocked her out. They, like, whacked her in the head and knocked her out, and then w- was able to get, you know, think about it, take the shoes off, un- undo the laces, and then tie her. But yeah. then again, why'd they have to tie her down if they knocked her out? Yeah, that's just interesting that they had time to do all that and mm-hmm. you know that just it, it, i'm sensing scar scarf in her mouth uh, i mean I'm don't forget she like, was nine years old yeah so. I'm, I'm sensing like just a an attack a brutal just a just a brutal crime it's really yeah yes it's not good so like i said that's all they have that's mm-hmm. literally all they have they have no leads they have nowhere else to go and the case goes cold until 2007 right so they have the jacket it's uh, they they may not they may not have known that it was semen then. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they have the jacket. Yeah, right, they have the jacket. Yeah. So that's going to be key later on as they as they start sending stuff back to the lab. Did they have her scarf? Yeah. It okay. Was, they found it. Scarf. Found. And then yeah. the the shoelaces. Okay. So maybe trace DNA down the road and stuff. Okay. All right. So until 2007, which was 43 years. From mm-hmm. 64 to 2007. I had to do that math twice because I was like, that seems like a lot of years. 2007 is when the state's DNA lab is able to develop a suspect profile from that DNA, uh, from that semen found on her All jacket. All right, so somewhere around 6 or 7, they sent the evidence mm-hmm. to the lab, and they said, hey, we, we have this and we have a profile. Okay. Yep. Uh, when the profile is run against all of their systems, no match is found, as per usual in these cases. But law enforcement continue to check all of the databases once a month, it said. They go in and they're checking once a month. And that's what I'm always like. I'm always wondering. That's always my question is like, are these like people? I know it's like time consuming and stuff, but are they still going back and checking like every so often? You never know when someone could get arrested or whatever. In the cold case squad, they probably have time to check, you know, a reminder, time to check. Right, but no one ever writes about that in the articles, yeah. right? No, we don't ever hear that part yeah, of it. Point. And that's, the w- that's always where I'm like, are they checking still? So that's yeah, a good I point, need, yeah. I need to know all this. Yeah. I ask all these questions. That's a good point. So then from 2007 to 2019 now, 2019 law enforcement reach out to Parabon Nanolabs. We're back with that. Oh, here we go. Back in Virginia. They are able to upload that profile that they have to GEDmatch. Mm-hmm. And they're able to get a match that is possibly a sixth cousin. So it shows up as a very distant related okay. person to their profile. 
So then again in 2020, genealogist Eric Schubert actually reaches out to the state police in Pennsylvania and offers to help them for free. Now, I'm going to this is important to talk about him for a second. He is a he was a student probably still is cuz he's only 20 right now. So when he reached out to them, he was 18. So okay. he's only like 20 years old right now. So he's still a college student majoring in history. Mhm. This is his part-time thing. He is a part-time uh, geneticist. Yeah, yeah genealogy, genealogy. Yeah, yeah genetici- geneticist. So he does it. So it kind of sounds like maybe it's like a passion of his. Yeah, yeah. And he's worked with multiple different uh, state police departments on genetic genealogy cold cases. Mm-hmm. So this is not the first time that he's done this. So it does kind of sound like maybe this is like a passion project of his, which is really cool. So he was able to provide police with relatives of this profile that they had. You mean they didn't have a genealogist at Nano Labs? Parabon? He reached out and offered his services for yeah, free. Yeah, but I can't just call up so and say, hey, I'd like to do this, you know? Yeah, but he offered his services for free. So remember we talked about we don't have very many of these cases yeah. coming from Pennsylvania. No, I got you. So he was so the closest was, they had probably. Okay. It was probably a matter of money and mm. Hey, why not give some and of these college students? Yeah, and he's developing you know? his his um, portfolio too. Okay, right. And I, I don't want to say that. So like they said they had a profile, and he says, um, "Let me track it down." Then yeah. So he comes up with um, relatives scattered throughout the country uh, for police to go start. You know, going down their list. It's a mm-hmm. what do we talk about? A lead, mm-hmm. right? Uh, most of these relatives cooperated with law enforcement and provided them with their DNA to test. Okay. So he continues while this is going on. He's continuing to create a pretty extensive family tree for this profile, like yeah. pretty pretty expen- extensive. Uh-huh. And through all of that research, he is able to provide police with the name James Paul Forte, who was 22 years old at the time in 1964. So when they first had a profile, it was a sixth cousin, you said? or, or Possibly, like, a, they were guesstimating a sixth cousin. It was definitely a, clo- like, a, what did I say, distant related to their profile. Okay, so they have identified, so they have to backtrack from so that sixth yeah. cousin. So they got that sixth cousin, and that's where I was saying he had to build an build extensive the, family yeah, tree. Okay, he had to this work is on the, family this tree. This is the essence of... Genetic genealogy, right. right? They're building backwards, essentially, yeah. that tree. Okay. Because remember, the suspect's profile isn't mm. necessarily going to be in the system. It's mm-hmm. all of their right. relatives. Right. So the, so the Jed match thing, there was, a, right. there was a thank goodness for some mm-hmm. potential cousin to put his stuff in Jed match. Yes. Uh, it okay. sounded like quite a bit of people, maybe. Okay. I'm just reminding everybody, you know, because yeah. we went from bank robberies to back to DNA. <laughs> I know, yeah. So he, like I said, he was 22 years old at the time. In 1964, he lived just six to seven blocks. So now, hold on, let me explain what I'm doing. I'm giving you all the information as to why he is a uh, he's the lead, right? Why he's oh, you're right, right. So they're doing the background right. on him, and so they find out what, doing. and they find out, and this is what they find out. Okay, that he lived six to seven blocks away from Maurice and her family. He was a bartender in the Hazelton area at the time, as well as he was born and raised in Hazelton. So this his is Hazelton. Hazelton, yeah. Yeah, well, you know we go up there all the time. Right? I no, did not know that. Yeah, I go up to Joe's all the time. Where does he live? About twenty-five, thirty minutes from this area. Yeah, from Hazelton. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's cool. <coughs> I drive through Hazelton all the time. So this was not in his local news. He didn't hear about this and tell us. <laughs> I'll ask him. <laughs> All right, so six to seven blocks, and 
he lived he in the area. He was born and raised in the area his entire life. And now, the kicker. In 1974, he had been arrested and charged with involuntary deviant sexual intercourse and sexual assault. There you go. That's, <laughs> that's, that's just one. What, that's what, just we, one. what we call in the business a uh, clue. Yep. Now, remember, 1969 is when Maurice was murdered. So he was arrested for this crime in 1974. Did I say 1969? 1964. I'm sorry. 64. 64 but to 74. So 10 years se- later. Yes, 74 he was arrested. Yes. Okay. So they apparently also had hair and mud samples in his car that tied him to that crime. So now we're talking about 74. That's, I mean, that we're... we're you know, a little getting bit better. Close. Get, yeah. yeah, getting close. Yeah, I th- it, they it, they probably like did. What is it that just they they looked at the hair and yeah. matched it in the mud and stuff. Now he pled out for aggravated assault and only received one year in prison. Although another source that I read said that he was sentenced to one year special probation in order to pay the victim's hospital bills. So, oh, so he could go get a, a job to pay. One or the other, All yeah. Right. He either served a year in prison or he served this year probation and paying the medical bills. Unclear because two okay. sources. I, I yeah. read multiple sources that said both of those. Wow. And then again, in 1978, just four years later, he is arrested for reckless endangerment and harassment. Yeah, I think the cops are are onto their guy right now. Mm-hmm. And then he died of a heart attack at the bar he worked at in 1980. Oh, that's a bummer. So are they going to yeah, go I'm dig sorry. up the body then and get the DNA? Hold on. Okay, okay. Because remember, we got to get the DNA now. Yeah. So he was uh, 38 years old at the time that he died in 1980. Clearly, he had a history and lived in the same area. So the yeah. police are looking. Yeah. It's looking pretty good. Yeah, it's so looking real good. So January of this year, January 2022, uh, they exhumed his body. Okay, cool. They must have got a court order or whatever and all that. And yeah. Yep. Investigators tested his DNA against their suspect profile that they had. And on February th- February 3rd of this year, it did indeed come back as a match. Awesome. And an interesting, um, oh, I guess that was the last thing I had. An interesting quote, though, from one of the law enforcement agents who uh-huh. was uh, being interviewed for the article that i was reading he said to put the numbers in perspective it is estimated that there have been there have only been 117 billion people who have ever inhabited earth um in order to find another match to mr forte you would need to search over four million planet earths in other words it was him like that was him the dna matched absolutely uh, right the dna that was on the jacket yes matched the body that they exhumed perfectly so there was no other person. Yeah, you know how I feel about these death ones. You know what I mean? It just—I mean, I think it's a safe bet. But that all that does right now is prove that that he was there. You need a good full confession. Yeah. Yeah, but no, when I'm you good look with at it. his I'm history too. I'm good with it. Yeah, I'm good with it. Right? Like, he, I'm good with it. So it's really sad, but and it's really sad that her parents did not live to see the conclusion of this. But her siblings, all they have spoke up. That's how we. I learned about her. Uh, playing mm-hmm. the organ and wanting to become a nun because her sister has spoken to yeah. the media and they talk fond- they said that they have very fond memories of her and they're just happy they uh, one article i read did say that their parents never wanted revenge or punishment they just wanted justice mm-hmm. so they're happy that there's finally now at least a con- con- some conclusion you know yeah absolutely and even if he was there he's an accomplice so it doesn't matter i'm i'm just i just always like to point that out but Right, because yeah, you're the, the investigator. Yeah, that's he's what, the guy. That's what wow. you're here for. Wow, so how old was he 
Did she? So at the oh, time. Oh no, he died at thir- or thirty-eight years old. But yeah. at the time of the murder, he was twenty-two, which is just sickening, awful, because she was nine. Yeah, so he would have been. Um, His victim in seventy-four. I'm sorry. Was it? Yeah, seventy-four. He'd have been seventy if he was still alive right now. Really? Yep. Ah. Uh, well, he died of a heart attack, so you know yeah. karma. Karma worked its its magic. It sure did, didn't it? Uh, he his victim in seventy four was around twenty years old, also. So mm-hmm. he was like thirty, but yeah, it, awful. Wow. Yeah. So I I'm sorry. There's no real resol. I mean, there's resolution, but don't have much more for you guys. Yeah, it was a quick onion to peel back. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. All right, I f- I feel like maybe we're getting through these faster. No, I just you know. I mean, it is what it is. We've, I think we've explained it to death, and maybe that's what we're doing. But, you know, they collected evidence, and they preserved the evidence because you just never know, you know. And mm-hmm. yeah, they thank, did a goodness, job. thank goodness for collecting evidence. At least they, they're doing those in the 60s and 70s. And then all the DNA stuff starts to develop, and they say, hey, let's look what we have for evidence, and let's start sending it to the lab. And the lab's going to look for... Well, obviously that semen stain, they, they're in that. But, you know, they can get trace DNA off of stuff. And when you collect this evidence, you do it in a particular manner. You mm-hmm. fold it up in, like, paper, and then that way the lab can get all whatever comes off of it and that type of stuff. So, the, yeah, the good good on the cops for, for preserving all that evidence. Yeah, they did a really good job. This, I mean, this was a whole bunch of great police and detective work. Mm-hmm. And then I thought it was interesting... And exciting that Eric Schubert was involved, and this was like kind of a passion project. It seems yeah. like this uh, is his hobby. Okay, so he's a college student. So, yeah, he uh, at the time was going to where is Elizabethtown College. Mm-hmm. So again, that was what was he studying history? You history said? is his major. And on the side, who does this part time? Does the genealogy thing? Yeah, and he's worked with multiple different uh, departments already on cold cases. And he oh, reached wow. out to them and said, I'll do this for free. So that's why it really sounds like. And I, I saw a picture of him in a video and he looks like he does enjoy helping people oh, genu- that's good. genuinely. So I wanted to highlight that part, too, because that's, that's awesome. That's what we need, especially like, again, these things are expensive and they take time. Mm-hmm. So I think that's awesome that he was willing to spend the time mm-hmm. on this for them. So that's cool. Yeah. So that's where we're at. Did you have anything else? No, that's it. Good All job. Right. Thank you guys for listening this week. We are back with the genetic genealogy. Yeah. Um, next week, we're going to have another one, too, for you. So they keep they keep cranking these out and solving these cold cases. Yeah, it's and that's really thing. exciting to see these cases being solved mm-hmm. from so long ago. Yeah, I think they're going to clear a lot of dockets from 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 here on out. We are going to be back in Colorado next week, though. Oh, yay. From the 70s. And I'll tell you, I don't understand how anyone survived anything in the 70s, especially in Colorado. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so do you want to share with our listeners that, you know, we're probably going to take some time? I mean, we hadn't really decided anything yet. There's not really anything. No, but just just because we are going to try and record as much. Yeah. Everybody just understand that, you know. I'm going to be a grandfather again, so... Yeah, I don't think I've 
actually like officially <laughs> announced it to everyone. So, so well, I just did. So that's, uh, that's fine. I'm just saying. I'm I'm thinking yeah, now. I so shared a post, but if they didn't click we'll on probably, it, we'll probably we're gonna keep recording, but we're probably we might stretch it out th- this summer. You know, obviously, so Hannah can have the baby, and and we'll have time to record, and because she got you know uh, the two and a half year old, two, so yeah. she'll have two. So. Don't be alarmed. We'll we'll keep you posted and fall and on Instagram too and Twitter we'll keep you posted as as well. But just that's just a heads up now. If Not you to hear worry me, just yet. If you hear me huffing and puffing, that's why I can't breathe. <laughs> now I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> say that. If you like that's why I can't breathe. So, all right. But yeah, uh just keep a we'll we'll when it gets closer, we'll have a more like set schedule planned out too. Yeah. So we'll keep you guys updated. So to lead into that. For all of our updates and behind the scenes and information on all of these episodes, uh, we post things when it comes to charities, um, not charities, foundations, foundations, I couldn't think of the word. Anything that has to do with these cases and our victims and their families will uh, post on Instagram at True Crime Archives Podcast, also over on Twitter at TC Archives Pod. And then there is over 50 episodes at this point, 55 probably, mm-hmm. uh, for you to download and binge anywhere you get your uh, podcasts right now. And go ahead and check us out over there on Apple and give us a five-star review also. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Later. Bye. Bye.